Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, so, essentially, logistics is actually a big part of it. Yeah. So, Mike and Sal are in Detroit, and Adam and myself, Tom, are in Owasso. And so, we've been using this uh, thing called Zencaster, which has been great, but um, we're also cheap. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been having some audio syncing issues. Yep, we've been having some issues with uh, syncing up the the sample rates. Not to get too technical, but um, some tracks are not the same length as the other tracks, and so it makes it very yeah. difficult to sync it up later in post. So yeah, yeah. so it's a it's a pain in the ass. So um, <laughs> we're trying something different. One of the cool things about this that we're doing is that uh, we're kind of doing two different episodes because shows, Tom, yeah. Different shows, yeah. Mike and Sal are talking about, I think, manufacturer stuff or whatever Mike and Sal want to talk about. Industry, <laughs> yeah. Since they, Industry since news, since they stuff both like work that, for I Ford. Think. Yep. Um, and Tom and I were uh, sitting here on his front porch, um, and we're just going to kind of have a little bit of a chat about uh, inexpensive luxury vehicles. So we're going to be talking about oxymorons tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to apologize in advance because uh, if we have the occasional car go by or um, AC unit kick on or something like that, um, you guys may hear that. We'll try to edit it if we can, but uh, just be advised. You may hear that. We may stop for a second while a car goes by, but um, it's kind of nice to sit out here on the porch and yeah, listen. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so inexpensive luxury cars. Oxymoron, right? Because yep. inexpensive and then luxury. Yep. Because um, you need to spend money on materials in order to... Here's one of those cars we're talking about going by. <laughs> right. Oh, oh it's, it's actually, a police. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Oh, and they're oh. talking on the phone talking as they go by. On, that's illegal like, in Michigan, isn't it? I don't know. I thought so. I think you have to have a headset. Yeah. Like, they had their phone up to their ear and yeah. everything. That's interesting. Wow. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, before we start on an inexpensive luxury... Um, did you see it going around the internet the other day, um, that guy with the Zonda in his condo? <laughs> I don't know why that's inexpensive luxury. That's I said not... before we talk oh, about before. inexpensive oh. luxury. We're talking about actual luxury. So, like, I'm going to put a Pagani in my living room luxury. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did and, see that. That was amazing. Yeah, and this, we're not talking about, like, driving the car and just parking it in your living room. This no. was, like, a 50th floor condo. And the car was mounted on its side. Yep, on the wall. Like you see, I've seen this before with, uh, I can't remember where I saw it, a documentary or something. Somebody had a Lamborghini Countach that they did that too. Nice. And that was an actual, like, full car. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the thing that most places weren't mentioning, was this wasn't a full car. Everybody was like, oh, you took a super rare, you know... Uh, is that a hypercar? Zonda's a hypercar, right? Or is it considered super? This might be a whole other topic, but I have, a, like, uh, I do not like the term hypercar, but we okay. can talk But well, yes, it would be let's, classified. Let's not sidetrack <laughs> on that. <laughs> Sal will be proud. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, so anyways, it wasn't an actual Zonda. It, this was a recreated body, um, an art piece. Um, the, the guy who owns the condo and everything, he's on Instagram. He's a Argentine racing driver, mm -hmm. um, Pablo Perez, I think. Um, I don't know if that's part of his name or part of the company. I, I think it's the name, but I don't, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not sure. We're very culturally literate here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we don't, uh, yeah. Anyways, you can, uh, we'll link his Instagram if you want to check it out. It's like all Zonda's, it's a little bit of Angie and mm -hmm. Lamborghini stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that wasn't an actual car. It was really cool. He commented on it. He said, you know, cars are meant for racing, mm-hmm. not for sitting on the wall. He would never do that to an actual Zonda. Yeah, and he actually so. said that that car is not, like, you couldn't even put an engine in it. Yeah, never be able to accept a drivetrain. Mm-hmm. So check out the Instagram link down below, and if you haven't seen that, I'm sure by the time this comes out, everybody on the internet's seen it. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, talk about, like, apartment goals or right? house goals, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how, it'd be interesting to hear from him how, like, if he had a third-party artist put that together, because it was, like, all carbon carbon yeah. fiber and, like, legit yeah. looking. And I wonder if that's, like, like I'm sure the Zonda body line is trademarked. You would think. Or, I mean, you, yeah, copyright something. But but would Pagani as a company, you know, give permission to use that just for the sheer publicity of it? Oh, yeah. I mean. Or maybe it was Pagani, they had an extra body shell that was had a defect or something. Like, who never, knows? Never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was our that's our foray into actual luxury before we start talking about inexpensive yeah. luxury, which is more our speed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I don't I don't want to like hijack this topic, but it's kind of interesting to me from the perspective of automotive luxury, right? Like to me, there's some key factors that, and I've grown up with, I mean, you know, Chevys and Fords, pretty much. Um, you know, and there was always the thing like, oh, like Ford interiors are nicer. No Chevy interiors are nicer at different stages yeah. of their, you know, production throughout yep. the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, right? Yeah. Um, but that's like a big part of it, mm-hmm. right? Is like the interior feel. Right. Um, I have some other like quirks in my own, in my personality that how I define luxury. But, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's a touch and feel material engineering thing, I think. Fit and finish. Yep. I think for me, fit and finish is a huge part of it. And, um, you know, um, NVH, noise, vibration, harshness, mm-hmm. you know, what you what you feel, especially since we're in Michigan. It's like Which driving means... on cheese graters all the time. It's yeah. bad. So our NVH is really capitalized, like bold, aerial NVH. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's been the big, like, that's been the big thing for me as far as what I consider luxurious is. You know, how smooth a ride is it? How nice a ride is it? And then the fit and finish. I hate, hate that plastic interior that just um, feels like it it's, it, does, it doesn't have any give to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the soft touch. It's like, it's just horrible. It's like, like it. it has like a pattern imprinted on it, right? Yeah. So like my, so like my Raptor, the door panels are that mm-hmm. material, right? Right. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. The exact same pattern is on the uh, the console lid, but the console lid is soft, soft touch. touch. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm like, so why didn't they put that on the door? Because I sp- I put my hand like I don't know maybe, I don't know. I have my hand on the door, you know, on the edge of the door more than I have it on the center of the console. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I don't. So I don't know why. Well, in those panels too, like especially being up here, you know, they tend to start squeaking over time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's a big gripe with me right now with my truck is I have squeaks mm-hmm. that. My truck survived, you know, 20 years of its life in Texas and was perfectly fine. And I lived for two years up here <laughs> yeah. and it sounds like it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that finish is big. Um, I worked at Mercedes-Benz for a time for a dealer. Um, and that just ruined every other car for me, basically. <laughs> um, I remember there was that one time my brother came down to visit and... Uh, he met me for lunch at the dealer while he was in town, and uh, we 
went for lunch, so I borrowed an S550 that was on the lot, <laughs> and we went for lunch. That so we went and we went to Del Taco, right? <laughs> so we go to go to Del Taco <laughs> in our S class. Um, but that, like, well, I don't want to stereotype, but that screams a certain uh, career path <laughs> to me. I don't know. Yeah. See, where's Sal? That's, maybe we do need Sal. Let us know. Uh, Explain that to me. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, getting to drive those cars all the time, that's one of the things I miss about working there was just being able to drive cars like that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Because um, let's just face it, I have a 2007 so, F-150. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, so what impressed you when you, uh, well, that wasn't the first time you got an S550, but like, what was the, if you can remember, what are the things that impressed you? Maybe not even the first time, but the second of you know, the next time yeah. you're in a Mercedes. Um, so or maybe as even an S550 versus some other. Right. The big thing for me was the NVH, mm. the noise, vibration, harshness, you know, that the road noise that or whack of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that it felt like you were, especially in an S class floating. Um, that was, that was huge. Yeah. Um, so the NVH, um, also, um, just the way you were floating, and then um, the fit and finish, really. I mean, just, they just, they're so nice. Except the infotainment, that sucks, but that's a whole other <laughs> thing, and we've, we've, we have pretty we've high talk, standards. We've talked about infotainment at length before. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's one of the big things, too. Like, you have, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, you know, it's the same metal in a lot of cars. Yeah. So, like, from, you know, like a Lincoln to Ford perspective, um, which I don't know what this would how this would translate from. Well, I mean, you know, regardless, like they all have a metal door, right? Right. And so, what's the difference after that? The difference is like, you know, just like with my truck, the padding on the mm-hmm. you know on the door, the like actual metal knobs and and mm-hmm. things like that. I got into a Porsche Panamera a couple weeks ago, and like a new one, and like I you know, looked at the steering wheel. There was like these you know rotating knobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I'm like expecting like okay these are gonna feel like you know like chintzy like a remote control car right. from radio shack or something right right and i go in and it feels like you're you're moving something that's like heavy you know yeah. what i mean and it's like smooth and it feels you know mm-hmm. as the it doesn't just feel like plastic or something like it feels like you're, it's cold like metal yeah you know what i mean because it's metal right and so like those to me are huge things and then like to speak to mercedes just a little bit my uh my uncle had a I want to say it was like a, it was a CLK, but one okay. so big, I had never heard of one so big. I can't remember what number it was, um, but it was like, it had a V8 in it. So it's like this little car with this, it was, it was a ridiculous car. Um, okay. And it was, it was an older one. I want to say it was like a 04 or something like that. SLK? Or... Maybe it was an SLK. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I get confused on Mercedes names even too. after working there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's randomly throw letters into a pot and that's yeah. what I get. Yeah. Uh, but that car, even after being, you know, hold is that fourteen years old, yeah, or whatever, hundreds and some thousand miles, like it did, it just rode good. It felt tight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the only thing that was made that car feel not new was the infotainment system and like the LCD mm-hmm. screen from two thousand four, as you can imagine, would be right. kind of special, right? <laughs> so. One of the things that's interesting when we start talking about like inexpensive luxury, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and the, what got us on this topic, obviously, if you're in the car world, you probably know Mercedes just announced they're bringing the A-Class to the U.S. 
Um, and it's going to be the first time it's sold in a sedan form as well. It so looks good. It looks really good. I like it. I'm a fan of the um, the CLA, like the 300, mm-hmm. quite just how it looks. Like, so not the base models, but for whatever reason, the new grills that they have and, like, the the little bit of trim pieces they do on the AMGs. Yeah. I, I, I like them all. Yeah. I, so I really like it on that A-Class. I like the uh, the new roof line because mm. it's a lot more of like a classic sedan roof line where it kind of bubbles up a little bit more. It's not... Um, that was the thing I didn't like about the CLA. It looked aggressive, mm. but it looked a little too aggressive. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> sat back of a CLA, no. but <laughs> there's not a lot of room. Just the front, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, talking about like inexpensive luxury, there, it's kind of an oxymoron mm-hmm. because how do you have luxury at a inexpensive price point and what things do you sacrifice how does that affect the consumer you know what i mean right well not to steal away from mike and sal's show here but um you know ford quit making cars and arguably the fusion was approaching that luxury that inexpensive luxury point like a titanium yeah mm-hmm. and they were losing money on them yeah so i i mean i'm curious like how mercedes could do you know could potentially have some maybe just because they have I guess, you know, the the A-Class starts where, kind of at the top end of where the Fusion was. So maybe that's how, yeah. they, how they do it. Yeah. Oh, and I'd be curious to see how, what's what's the Lincoln version of the Fusion? The oh, they did. Oh, it was, um, I think they might have quit making it already. It was MKZ. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see if that was profitable. Right. You know? Yeah. As opposed to what's a, what's a low-level MKZ versus a high-level Fusion. You know, price wise, yeah, price wise like and profitability wise, it's like fifteen to twenty k difference. So, yeah, because yeah. if you're talking about a titanium fusion, you're talking about almost the same car, mm-hmm. arguably. Yeah, yep. See, so yeah, since it's basically the same car, it's interesting. Like Ford is leaving the car stuff behind, or right. you know, not manufacturing cars anymore. But you know, that leaves room for Mercedes, uh, Alpha, mm-hmm. like. And Jaguar, uh, Jaguar. Has another forty. Yep. Right. Uh, Volvo is the new S sixty. I think came out this oh, last yeah. week or something. Yeah. So I'm surprised you. Uh, you don't know, strike me as a Volvo guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the XC ninety though, man. Oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So Jaguar has the E Pace, mm-hmm. right? That's like thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so so our our definition of inexpensive luxury under forty. Right. right? It's under forty. That's 000. what we're going for. Yep. That's what we're. Yep. Um, the XE, right, is like 35. Mm-hmm. Jaguar XE. Yep. Um, which is the, like their sedan thing. What was the Alpha one? The, uh, the Alpha, so the Alpha SUV is the Stelvio, uh-huh. which starts around 38 or something. And then the Julia, their sedan is also around that number somewhere, 36 or something. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the A class for the Mercedes. Yep, the A-Class is supposed to be around 35. Mm-hmm. And I think when the CLA came out, they were advertising like under 30, like 29.9. Right. Um, looking at the MBUSA website earlier, it was advertising 32. Mm-hmm. So you got, there's that tariff, that tariff money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. tax on the Mercedes. Um, um, now, I worked at the Mercedes dealer when the, uh, when the CLA came out. Mm-hmm. And so... I really liked them. I, of course, the big gripe with those is the iPad style infotainment center. It looks like it's just slapped I, on top. I do not like I that. I hate those. Yep. But the car itself was nice. I mean, for the price point. Um, but what was was it like? So you, somebody buying one of those a Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
how did you feel that stacked up against the S class? Like, was that core luxury there, or did it feel like it was just kind of a facade? No, it wasn't the same. I mean, it's mm -hmm. n it's never going to be the same. I mean, you don't have a champagne cooler with Mercedes um, Mercedes uh, glasses, so, you know, yeah. champagne flutes in the back but, seat. But driving, um, you're not going to notice that. No, driving, you're not going to notice that. But it it wasn't as as smooth. Really? It was still okay. great. Um, I would. But, I mean, let's face it, right? When you're buying a car like that, you're kind of buying it for the name. Because you could buy a Fusion. Mm -hmm. You could buy... Honda Accord. An Accord. Mm -hmm. um, you could buy... Uh, what's, what, what do Chevys have out right <laughs> I don't even oh, follow GM products. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Malibu? Impala is the big one. Do they still make the Impala? I don't know. <laughs> We're horrible. We're horrible, horrible car people. Yeah. <laughs> I think they do. I'm not sure. That's a good question. So Malibu or an Impala. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's awful. Jeez. Oh, God. I do. Um, I kind of feel horrible about yeah, that. Yeah, we are sorry, mm. GM guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, those don't have a big, huge three-pointed star on the grill. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the CLAs were the ones where they came out with the backlit three-pointed star. <laughs> I did see one of those driving one time, and at first I was like, I'm pretty sure that's an aftermarket thing. And then I was like... So, uh, it's a factory option. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so props to the Mercedes uh, Mercedes marketing for uh, realizing that people would pay a lot of extra money to make their three-pointed star that much more is, prominent. Is that like a menu option in the iPad display to turn your right. like, backlit hard ornament? I don't know. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at inexpensive luxury, there's either, to me, it's it's like one of two things. Either, okay, one of three things. Mm -hmm. Either you really, really, really have always loved that brand, right. right? As a kid, you loved Mercedes. You loved Alpha. You loved Jaguar, mm -hmm. right? And that's why you buy that, buy that car. As soon as you're able to, you get into that brand. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing for me would be obviously what we just talked about, vanity. Mm -hmm. We all have varying levels of vanity, some more than others. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Oh, that was directed at me. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, he did, uh, Adam did make a comment about buy, needing to buy me a comb earlier. <laughs> so, um, and then what, what was the third reason? Oh, design language. You, mm -hmm. you just, you like the style, right? So like. Alphas, the Julia has mm. just—it's a one-of-a-kind style. You are not going to find that in Impala. You're not going to find that in a Fusion. You're not going to find that anywhere else. It's the lines of an Alpha are the lines of an Alpha. Yep. And, and the headlight—you know—the lighting in general, not just headlights, but like yeah, yeah, everything about it, right? Same with Jaguar, I think, yeah. and Mercedes. I mean, the the BMW. Yeah, the A class and the CLA design language mm -hmm. is very similar. Mm -hmm. To the um, S class and the new the new E class that came out, I think last year. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, not to go past our forty k thing, the E class might be a serious bargain for money at that. Oh, I, like, I the E class is an awesome car. Yeah, way underrated. Yep. Like you see them down the going down the road, and you're like, oh, it's just an E class, right? Because you think, oh, Mercedes, like, mm -hmm. why didn't they spend that much money? Why didn't they get an S class? But like it's a pretty big price gap, and like really, it makes is. a big difference. And E class is less forever. Yeah, yep. I mean they really do. So, um, especially if you get the blue tech, the diesel. Oh yeah, they really do. They last a long time. That's awesome. So it, it's just a good investment at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, some of the things that people have been saying about you know inexpensive luxury backfiring on manufacturers, right? right. 
Um, we already talked about like NVH, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, unexpectedly high service, mm-hmm. right? You were asking me earlier about service cost on Mercedes. So, yeah. you know, like, it's just going to cost you more to go out the dealer change your oil than it is at a, at a Chevy dealership. So, so here's the thing with that though. And this has been, so I've been researching this. I've had kind of, I've always had Ford stuff. And recently I've just like, like it's, it's been unpleasant for me to spend money maintaining <laughs> my Ford vehicles. And so I've been kind of like, st- you know, shopping around some of the other brands and the, and I've, you know, I've liked some of these other brands for a long time too. And one of the things I realized is like these sticker costs, like, yeah, you go in for a service and it's like, this is really, you know, this is going to be a big bill, but you might only have that big bill like once a year. Yeah. Right. So like, it's like, oh yeah. Oh man. An oil change is $120. Like, yeah, but you only have to do it every 10,000 miles. Right. Or like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like Ford was a big deal when they put those different spark plugs in. Right. Like then the five fours had all those problems where the spark plug was breaking off. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's could You could spend $400 like replacing your spark plugs or whatever. The prices vary. But right. the, you know, it's like, yeah, but they're those iridium ones or whatever. And you only have to do it every hundred thousand miles. Well, and there's different things too. Like for instance, um, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of make myself sound cheap here, but you know, my F-150, I can go get the oil change done on that for 18 bucks, mm-hmm. 17, 18 bucks, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, to have a place do that on my wife's Chevy Cruze, because GM uses their newfangled antifreeze, or not antifreeze, it's newfangled oil. Mm-hmm. It has to have some sort of detergent in it or something or avoids oh, the yeah. warranty. So if you don't use that oil, that Chevy Cruze is a $50 oil change. Interesting, yeah. Versus my F-150 with a V8 mm-hmm. is a... Two freaking less, less than twenty dollar oil change. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, like, let's say we traded the West Cruise in and got our a CLA or an A class. Yeah, it's probably going to be a seventy five, eighty dollar oil change. Right. But we also stepped up a lot from a Chevy Cruise. Right. <laughs> and you know, I, like, it's kind of weird, but like my, like, I don't trust my stuff going past three thousand miles on an oil change just because I grew up. I kind of grew up that yeah, way. It's indoctrinated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. um you know, but some of the, like, the foreign cars, like, you know, looking at, I don't know what it is, but, you know, if I stretch mine out to 4,000 miles, I'm like, man, the oil is looking dirty. Mm-hmm. The foreign cars at 10,000 miles, you could have changed the oil. It doesn't look that bad. Yeah. Like, and so I don't know, I don't what know exactly, that? yeah, what the difference is there, but. <laughs> Listeners? Anybody? Yeah. Germans? Any, yeah. This is a German any, secret, oil I guess. Tax? Any, any oil bay guys? Can you tell us why? Yeah. Why is that? Um, and so, and I don't know. So I kind of, I kind of trust that stuff. Um, I have a little bit of experience with BMW and like that, like a three series BMW compared to, uh, I, I mean, if I had to go and like jump into a car tomorrow for mm-hmm. like 5k or 3k, I would probably get a BMW three series. Yeah. Like a two thousands, whatever, you know, BMW okay. three series, but um, then we're, we're on a whole nother we subject are, now, yeah. right? Like, we like used cheap luxury, luxury yeah. cars. That, that could be our next one, uh, our next topic. But yeah, so like new, you know, new luxury cars, I I really do like um, the interior. That Merce- I still think Mercedes is the king of interiors. Yeah. Um, the new A-Class interior just looks like a freaking spaceship. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's yeah, that gorgeous. Huge, that huge backlit screen that's like two-thirds of the dash, yep. that's taken right from the S550, yep. the S-Class. And that is just... That is how 
how entertainment system the car should look. Although if that like goes and has a pixel burnout or something, that's going to be an expensive bill right there. Yes. <laughs> yes, it would. But it's gorgeous, though. Um, and the fingerprints would drive me nuts. <laughs> yep, actually, yeah. You're like in the car, but then you just like go to like McDonald's or whatever, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I wouldn't, oh. but I'd be in the car, and Tom would put his yep. French fry fingers all yep. over. I'd be like, oh, I don't like this song, skip. <laughs> Big streak, greasy streak down it. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, speaking of luxury cars, we could move to Alpha. Yeah. So one of our we asked for topics, and one of our uh, Instagram watcher read. I don't know what what is someone on Instagram followers followers. Yes, that's what yeah. they are. Um, they said, "Hey, you should talk about Alpha." Okay. Now, actually, what we should mention too um, is uh, kind of indirectly is uh, Sergio Marchione passing away this last mm-hmm. week. Yep. So R.I.P. Sergio. He was um, my experience with you know learning about Sergio. He he was on, I can't remember what show this was, but um, they were like interviewing CEOs and stuff. Okay. And the, the group that they had following Sergio around couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> <laughs> like, they literally, they're like, we have to sleep, Sergio. When do you sleep? <laughs> and he's like, oh, when there's a holiday in the United States, I go back to Italy or, you know, Spain or wherever there's not a holiday and vice versa. He's right. like, when there's a holiday over there, I come over here. Oh, man. And so, uh, so yeah, it's really sad to hear to hear about that. And hopefully, I know they put the, the, um, the head of Jeep is now the CEO um, oh, okay. Jeep's been killing it, but he's no, I'm sure he's no Sergio Marchione. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, that to, uh, now to transition over to Alfa Romeo. Yeah. So did our follower, our Instagram follower that suggested that, did he have anything in particular or just Alfa in general? Actually, he literally just posted Alfa. Oh. So he could have, okay. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so Alfa Romeo is kind of interesting. So I've watched Top Gear for a long time. Yeah, so, right? so we have Alfa bias without yeah. while being U.S. based well, and almost no experience with them. Exactly. Like we've never. So like you go on there and like you know Jeremy Clarkson and Hammond and May are all like, you're not a real petrol head unless you have you've owned an Alfa. You know, mm-hmm. all the way back in like the '90s and stuff, right? Right. And so I was always like, oh, that's that's cool. What's what's an Alfa? Right. <laughs> and like on there they always joke like, Oh, they're so unreliable and everything. And then in uh what year was it that the four C came out? Um, two thousand fourteen or something like that. The Alfa Romeo came to the United States, launched mm-hmm. the four C and the eight C, these gorgeous, crazy roadsters. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> for a vehicle for a company that has quality control issues, you know, to basically like bolt the hood down on the car and put a void warranty if removed sticker across the, you know across the bolt was pretty gutsy um which is basically what they did on those cars and uh you know that was four years ago now we have the uh aside from the roadsters um which you can't even get an 8c roadster they made a very limited number of those yeah but they have um the stelvio which is their little suv yep. and they have the julia which is their sedan and you know back to our affordable luxury thing they are uh you know priced starting out you know in under 40 under 40 yep and um you know for for what you're getting i mean if you want an italian 
you know, kind of an interesting an interesting vehicle. A like conversation a, piece. Yeah. I mean, that's going to... that Either one of those vehicles is going to strike up a conversation with even non-car people. Yeah. Right? Something you... What is that? Yeah. Or something you, you like to wash. Like, that's how yeah. I kind of judge. Like, if you like yeah. to wash what you have in a driveway, right. then it's good. Um, and, I mean, the lines on those well, Alphas are so amazing. That the taillights. To, to me... To me, for if you were if you wanted to pick a car that non-car people would think costs way more than it did, mm-hmm. buy an Alpha. Yeah, yep. Because you're gonna take that even a Stelvio is, is you know as a soccer mom or stuff, taking that to the mall, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else is gonna think that car was way more than it. Yep, actually was. And they see the badge, they'll probably think it's a Porsche or something anyway. Because right. nobody is gonna know what it is. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I. I, I do like those. And the interesting thing is, too, like, to get the, um, like, they start out at under 40, but they go all the way up to around eighty or $90,000. So mm-hmm. you can kind of spec it however you want. Right. And yeah, depending on whatever your budget is. So yeah. it's definitely, they're definitely interesting. And um, Alpha is kind of an interesting company. There's a, there's a documentary that I'll try to link to in the show notes. Uh, it's like 20 minutes long or something like that, but it kind of goes through the history. And uh, there's to kind of skip in the middle a little bit, there's a car that they released in the 30s, I want to say, oh, 20 wow. or 30s, uh, called the 1500. There's actually one before that called the 12C. Okay. And, uh, which was one of the earlier, and the P1 or something like some early, you know, indie cars, essentially. Okay. And there's, in this documentary, there's a guy, and it looks straight up like, you know, an old race car, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, wheels, right? An old F1 car, even. Right. Um, and this guy goes out with his 1500 and he's like, he drives it. They show it there. They have, the guy's got tires stacked up, worn out tires that he's drove the car. (laughs) Like, and he's like, it's meant to drive. It's not meant to, you know, and every, you know, weekend he's like, I drive it from my house to the track. I race it as hard as I can on the track and I drive it home. Yeah. And that to me, was like for a car that old was just incredible. Right. You know, that's awesome. And definitely try to link that because I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So th- there's definitely some interesting stuff with Alpha, and it'd be interesting to see what they do in the next few years. Mm-hmm. So we might have to talk about them more at some point. That, yeah, I want to learn more about Alpha. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting. I'm not that familiar. My familiarity, with, like I said, basically extends to what I learned from Top Gear. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would love to learn more about it, and I think we definitely should do a more in-depth Alpha show at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we should go drive one. We should. Yeah. I don't know where to find one, but yeah, we should. Oh, I'm sure there's got to be one like down by Detroit somewhere. Oh, for sure. There's yeah. got to be a yeah. dealership like in Troy or something. Mm-hmm. You'd think there'd be one at the like the Dodge dealer here, the Fiat. We have a Dodge Fiat dealer. Yeah. Just see if they get one in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, overall, like inexpensive luxury. I mean, let's get some feedback. Yeah. You know, what do you, What do you guys? What do the listeners um, think about? You know, this whole trend of inexpensive luxury cars, air quotes. You know what we can do? We can maybe have a shootout on Instagram. Ooh. Right? So, what are you thinking? Well, like, we can have a, um, we'll post, like, the A-class, mm-hmm. or we'll do, like, an ant, you know, which which one kind of thing. Okay. And then we'll go through the tree and see, you know, who comes out on top. Okay. Like, would you rather have an A-class or a Julia? Yeah. And then if A-class wins, would you rather have an A-class or a Aston Martin Vantage V8? 
Oh, that's the... that's not <laughs> oh, okay. You, you yeah. might have to guide me on what cars to use for this. Let's yeah, <laughs> Tom doesn't understand what under forty thousand means. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I don't know. Just numbers. <laughs> but yeah, well, let us know what you think. And and regarding you know having the two separate episodes, make sure you guys, if you are listening to this one first, check out Mike and Sal's. Mm-hmm. They should both be up about the same time. And uh, if you uh, you know, let us know what one you like better, kind of which you know, or yeah. if you like having both. Yeah, that's cool too. Well, we're, so actually, this is partly selfish on our part to try and collect stats based on topics. Yeah. So, like by splitting the shows, we're actually able to understand more of what you guys are interested, mm-hmm. and we'll probably, again, we're another reason is due to logistics. So, what we'll probably do is use that information to hone both shows. Yeah. Um, we yeah. want to give you guys the content that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So let us know what that is. Um, until then, I'm gonna wait for this one more car to go past. Yeah, we'll find a different place next time. It's not bad. We just need to put up barricades at each end of the block. <laughs> that could be useful anyway. But, um, but yeah, um, until then, guys, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. Um, there might be some YouTube content coming out because Mike, I'm sure, will have an Alcan update. Yep. Um, so make sure you check that out there episode for at least that. Yep. And uh, other than that, let us know what you like better and check out our Instagram page for... Uh, the under 40,000 luxury luxury car shootout. (laughs) Yeah, we'll try and get that put together. Awesome. All right, thanks for listening. Oh, and leave us a review. Please. We need uh, iTunes and reviews on those platforms, so please leave us a review. All right, thanks.